Uh, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, I'm not really telling you very much this morning when I remind you that, yes, we live in a sinful world, don't we? And it's not enough really to just kind of pump ourselves up and paste a smile on our face and run around and just kind of pretend like everything is okay. You know, that, that kind of mentality where you fake it until you make it. We've heard that little catchphrase before. But no, as Christians, we're not trying to go out and tell people to just kind of fake it until they make it. But really what we want to be able to do is understand people's pain, don't we? You know, when you're, you're feeling down, when you're in the midst of despair, um, you know, it might seem kind of peculiar that I chose the hymn that I did for just before the sermon because, you know, usually you want people to be pumped up and excited and happy when the sermon starts. But no, we need to meet people where they are, don't we? And where are your friends? Where are your neighbors? Where are you at times? You're in trouble. And we're down. We're, we're discouraged. Things aren't going quite as we would like them to. And then we cry out, Lord, to you I make confession. Lord, I have sinned and gone astray. I have multiplied transgression. That's what happens when we get down, when we get discouraged, isn't it? Now, I, I think Satan is so arrogant that he reveals his game plan to us at times. And really, even through you know television, through movies, we can kind of come to see just how Satan works in our lives. And really, he hates us. And, and yes, he is our enemy. You know, as you're watching television, as you're watching movies, maybe your, your favorite soap opera, you know. My grandfather re retired from farming. He used to like to watch soap operas. I understand people, you know, they, they watch soap operas. And what happens in those kinds of shows, right? You have an enemy out there. And he wants to wreck you. He wants to ruin your life. He begins to run around whispering lies to other people around. He makes you look bad as often as possible. He drives you to the point of despair. And you know what? In our Bible, we have that very example in the life of Job, don't we? Where Satan hated Job, Satan wanted to ruin Job's life, Satan wanted Job to curse God and die in that sin. 
They manipulated events and he did terrible things to Job and he brought sickness upon him. He basically ruined his life, killed all of his children, drove him to the place where Job is sitting in ashes and he's taken broken chunks of pottery and scraping the terrible wounds and sickness of his skin. To hopefully rupture those blisters and to get the infection um, to, to bleed out. Can you just imagine being in that kind of condition? And, and dear friends, again, I'm not telling you anything new when I say it. That is what Satan wants for our lives. Right? He wants to you know, bring people into our inner circle that will just kind of ruin us. He wants to create events around us that will drive us to despair. It's not just, oh, you know, Halloween has come in. Oh, there, you know, there, there's a little kid at my door and he's wearing a, a Satan mask and he has a little pitchfork. Oh, how cute. Sometimes that's how we, we maybe think about Satan, right? Oh, in the pastor spinning some fairy tale up there again this morning. Or, oh, you know, Satan doesn't really do all, all that much. We just have to open your Bible. You can see the things that Satan did. Satan caused Peter to be crucified upside down. Satan caused Paul to be beheaded at the end of his career. In our text, you know, Satan is bringing adversity into Timothy's life as a young pastor. Now, we, we don't come and tell people to be you know, brave in the midst of adversity if nothing is going wrong, right? And so, dear friends, that's where we begin today. We kind of have that, that depth of despair coming at us, even. And what happens? Well, then we, we fail at times, don't we? Driven to the depth of despair, seemingly having forces arrayed against us that we can do nothing about, it's easy to just kind of give it up, isn't it? And that too is where Job was. Right, we began the book of Job. Behold my servant Job, a man without sin, says the Lord God. And Satan goes, well, I can fix that. You know? What happens at the end of the book of Job? Job, Job begins walking around. He, he says to his friends, you know what, if the Lord God would just come down here, I'm sure we can straighten this out. It's all a misunderstanding on God's part. It's all good here. Right? Everything is awesome in my life. If God could just get His act together, see, then we'd be okay. 
But what, what has Job done? Right? Job has brought God down to the level of man. Job is telling people God makes mistakes at times. If we could just get together, I'm sure we could straighten this out. And dear friends, haven't we been there as well? Now maybe you never even shared it with your wife, but has there ever been the time when you woke up in the morning and you said, Come on, Lord. Why don't you just lift your little pinky and help me here? See? Have we been there? And yeah, we, we all probably have at times. And that's where a lot of our friends and neighbors are at times. I, you know, talk, talking to a, a, a young fella, and you know, he, he's saying to me, I tried that God stuff. Right? Oh, I was in the youth group in my high school, and oh, I was excited for God when I was in college, and I went on this missionary trip even, and I accomplished nothing. And Satan was against me every day. And it didn't seem like I, I could do anything for Christ. And I was discouraged. And I came home. And God didn't even lift his little pinky. Why did I even go? Right? That's where people are in our world. And again, if we just say, oh, well, just kind of fake it till you make it. No, just plaster a smile on your face and live for God. We just kind of give a bunch of you know little platitudes. Then it doesn't help anything, does it? That's actually where they are. Now, what do we need to be able to do? We need to be able to come into their lives. We need to be able to identify with them and say, you know what? I understand. Because, yes, I, I've been there too. But now here's where we go from that place of despair. Right? What is it to encourage someone? Have you ever kind of thought about that word? You know, because encourage is based on the word courage, isn't it? What we actually want to be able to do is come alongside of that person and give them courage. Right? Think about it. You know, in the battlefield of this life, we we look around and you know there is a soldier of the cross, but he's retreated from his position. You know, he's basically hiding behind a tree or something like that in the midst of the battle, you know. And what are you and I going to come and do? We want to be able to come to that person who's down and in despair and hiding behind a tree. We want to give them courage again to get back up and to go back out and face, yes, a sinful world face a world where perhaps Satan has manipulated the, the mind of, of their boss to be against them. 
a world where you know Satan is in the advertising and, and he's on the television and and, and yes even in, in our school system trying to run people down and our friends they get run down And so to be able to come to that person in the midst of their despair and to be able to say, hey, not, not just, well, smile, son. Pump yourself up. Get back out there. Win one for the giver. But rather, to be able to come to someone in despair and say, you know what? God really still loves you. And maybe it doesn't even feel like it right now. And maybe as you just you know spoke to me, if God would just lift his little finger, everything would be fine. I don't understand why isn't God with me? And the response is always he's just a prayer away. And no matter that your life is wrecked right now because you yourself did it, or no matter that you're, you're down and out right now because enemies came against you, and even though you tried to the best of your ability, they have ruined you. It doesn't matter which one. God is still there. And God knows what you're going through just by virtue of the fact that He sent His Son into this world. And that Jesus experienced everything just as you and I do. Jesus even wept. Recall that verse? One of the shortest ones in the Bible. Jesus wept. He knows what it is to feel as despair. Jesus on the cross, he cries out, mixing two different languages because he is in such pain. Eli, Eli, lama sabach. Which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus understands our fears. He's been through the pain that we experience. He can identify with us. And the God who sent His Son to undergo all of those terrible experiences, He did it because of His great love for each of us. He loves that much that He let Jesus go through all of those things. He could have kept Him safe in heaven. But He let Him come. 
They allowed him to suffer so that Jesus could open the way to heaven for each of us. Now, our, our sin is a result of our own failures. Then we can share the forgiveness that Jesus offers. You know what? You can get back up again. And you can be completely forgiven. And your sins can be washed clean. Your soul can be white as new found snow. Glowing once again. But with all your sins forgiven, with all that weight lifted off of you once more, you can go back out there and you can do God's will. God's will seems hard. I, I don't know what God wants me to do. Does he want me to eat special K for breakfast this morning? Or, or maybe he wants me to brush my, my teeth with AIM toothpaste? Or how, how can I know God's will? Well, it's just kind of a distraction, isn't it? How, how can you know God's will? God says, no, bloom where you are planted. I got confirmed way back years ago. My aunt gave me a, a little key fob. No, no, it was nice and it's made of leather and embossed on, on the key fob. Bloom where you are planted. Right? It, it really is, is that idea to do your best where you are with what you have. And if you're doing your best where you are with what you have, then God is pleased. And then God says, you know what? He's even going to add a little bit more. But on the other hand, God also says, you, you could be the, the son of the most wealthy person and you could have your whole life laid out in front of you and you could have all of these huge blessings and if you squander them, even what you have will be taken away. Now, we have some basic principles. It's easy to be able to tell people, you know, well, what should I do? Well, go and do your best. Well, I, I, I don't know. There's all, all these choices. Everything is laid out. That, you know, young man comes and, you know, what should I do? Well, you're in some certain classes right now. Right? You have some certain teachers that are, are teaching you. Right? You know, you should be doing your best in the classes that you have right now. And the better you do, the more choices you have in the future, don't you? You know, sometimes you run into young people and they say, well, C's get degrees. Well, yeah, then they maybe get you a job at McDonald's afterwards, right? you got to be able to do your best. you got to be able to get the the better grades, you've got to be able to, you know, keep applying yourself. And the more that you're able to do that, the more doorways open up, the more choices that you have, right, the more things you can enjoy. And that really is what God's plan is. 
Now, to start at the beginning of the sermon, it was kind of depressing, wasn't it? Because we're talking about Satan's plan and how he wants to wreck people's lives. It's just the truth, but we don't maybe like to hear that so much. But the truth is also, you know, God does have a wonderful plan for your life. And sometimes because of our own sin, sometimes because of the sin of other people, that, that plan gets disrupted. God makes a new plan then, doesn't he? You see, God had a wonderful plan for Adam and Eve. And he made them a beautiful garden to live in. And, and they didn't even have to work that hard. Right? The, the punishment after sin was now. You must earn your living by the sweat of your brow. Now there will be thorns and thistles out there in your life. Which means before, right, they had things pretty good. God had a plan. But because of the sin of Adam and Eve, the plan was disrupted. God made a new plan. Now there will be born to you a Savior. Eve thought to herself, well, that will happen pretty quick. Right? Cain is born and Abel is born and Cain kills Abel, but then Seth was born and Eve was thinking to herself, yeah, you know Seth, he's going to be the Redeemer, the Messiah, it's going to happen in my lifetime. But, well, for Eve, it wasn't that soon. You know, sometimes God's new plan takes some time to develop once again. And, well, the fact is, yeah, the new plan, I'm going to send a Savior to make things right. Because God loves us. For generations, people had to live through sin and, and tragedy and, and death. But finally, God's new plan came. Jesus, on this earth, to make a way home for us. Dear friends, in this world we do have trials. And in this world we do have conflict with the devil himself. In this world, Satan takes notice of us at times and wants to ruin the good things God is doing. How do we face that? Where do we go? in the midst of that despair. We need to go back to God, don't we? And we need to go back to His promises. We need to be able to trust in Him once more. We need to be able to give that encouragement to our friends and neighbors. Yes, meet them where they are. They're down. They're discouraged. Maybe they don't even know how to go on, how to face tomorrow. And we give them the words, don't we? God loves you. Jesus died upon the cross to make up for your sin. 
If someone else has just openly sinned against you and ruined a part of your life, Jesus will make a new plan. There'll be good things out there for you. Follow His path. Work as unto the Lord. Keep on doing your best. Get back up again. God has a plan. That plan is wonderful. That plan will lead you beyond your comprehension. And the love of God will keep you in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. <laughs>